Welcome to the audio blog. I'm Paolo back again for another episode and with me is Jason. Today we're gonna end this series on uh, on flavor with one last episode on it. Right. I think we got to talk about something a little bit controversial. Oh, really? Oh, yes. And it's a topic that I find personally fascinating. You know everybody there's a lot of people that don't like broccoli. Yeah. No, so, no. yeah, it's especially kids. They just don't eat the broccoli. And then you, know, you become adults and a lot of people still don't like broccoli. Mm-hmm. So what this, this study, they had this study and what they found was that there's a specific molecule in broccoli that stimulates the bitter taste receptor. Oh, I see. And it only happens in some people. Okay. Right? So there's a genetic mutation that uh, essentially makes you think broccoli is very, very bitter. So is it rare? Like, uh, I'm not sure what the actual numbers are. Uh, it's not totally rare, and it's kind of limited to certain geographic areas. And the, the theory was that uh, all of these vegetables contain a certain... Uh, so it wasn't just broccoli. It was watercress, mustard greens, turnips, broccoli, rutabaga, and horseradish. They all contain this certain molecule that it inhibits thyroid production. So if you're in an area that doesn't have enough iodine, mm-hmm. then you shouldn't be eating these vegetables. And so that's the theory is that this mutation came about to get people to stop eating oh, broccoli okay. and these other vegetables for that. That's very interesting. Yeah. I never heard of that myself. Um, never, I don't taste them uh, bitter at all, so I don't have that mutation. Luckily. Yeah. To me, it just sounds like one crazy excuse for not eating your vegetables. It's possible. I, I'd imagine that the, the effect is probably pretty subtle. I don't know. Maybe the people listening, somebody would have this and they can tell us, yeah, I actually cannot stand them. Something came, once I ate some, uh, um, some pine nuts uh, that I bought at the bulk section okay. uh, of, the, of the supermarket. Uh-huh. And uh, the weirdest thing happened to me. Pine nuts are really expensive, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, I needed them, I think, to make pesto. Okay. Uh, but then I had some more. So that day I ate a lot of them. The next day I started tasting bitter flavors amplified. So like everything that had a bitter component would come out like 10 times as strong. So your your coffee... Coffee was undrinkable. Okay. Out of the chart. It's not possible to... <laughs> for, for me, it's very strange. And um, I was able to detect the slightest amount of, of bitterness into anything to the point that it would make it really taste like a medicine. It would not be possible to eat it. Um, water was fine. So anything that doesn't have a flavor, or a strong one anyway, w- w- was okay. Or just plain sugar, okay. So I think I was amplifying the bitterness of things and turning it into a super taster just for bitter. Wasn't there something else that did that, but in reverse? Uh, miracle fruit. Oh, interesting. I think that's what it's called. All right, I and heard it, that. And it basically changes bitter to sweet. So if you drink a beer, it tastes like a milkshake. Interesting. <laughs> and if you drink a coffee, I don't know what it would taste like. Coca-Cola? I have, I have no that's a very good guess. Yeah, I think so. I've never tried it myself, but I have friends that have tried it. You can, you can order it online. It's amazing how things can affect our perception of, of the basic tastes, even the basic ones. Yeah. I've read there's, uh, there's actually legislation to prohibit use of the miracle fruit molecules in processed foods because otherwise they could basically yeah. sell you anything. <laughs> and uh, 
and uh, you'd you'd like it, even though um, it doesn't have a, a very good taste to it. Interesting. I wonder if you could use it as a sweetener. Yeah, I think that was kind of the idea. Yeah, yeah, but it would it would mess up everything, right? It would just throw so, your whole. And it would continue and last for. A I think bit. so. so you, yeah, it it's not just that beer that you may actually enjoy a little bit to get the sweetness of it, yeah. but then everything would taste sweet. So That's you, right. You kind of ruin your um, your pasta or whatever you're eating. Yes, your steak. Anything else? Oh no. Yeah, sweet steak. Anyway, for me, the bitter amplifier thing lasted two weeks. So two it was, weeks. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> And then I looked it up, I did some research, I found um, a website, um, like a, a forum, where people were reporting the same symptoms, Yeah. and we were helping each other out with, you know, <laughs> try this. It's a support group. Support group. The Pine Nut support group. That's right. And then ever since I've been very, very wary of where I buy my pine nuts, I think it might have been um, contaminated with something. And uh, it was oh. some kind of poisoning that I was experiencing. Wait, wait, wait. Did you buy the cheap pine nuts? I mentioned it was the bulk section. Oh, I see. I so see. maybe it was yeah. some kind of cheap pine nut. <laughs> and ever since I went more expensive for more expensive <laughs> packaged. What about something that uh, Italians generally like but North Americans don't like? Oh, yeah. We eat all parts of the animal. Uh, there's tripe. There's, um, uh, I won't get into the details. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't like that. Uh-huh. I think that's that's pretty common, though. Most countries' uh, cuisines that I've had seem to like the the innards. Yeah. Yeah, it's big in Japan. It's big in Vietnamese food, Chinese food. It's everywhere I've gone, they seem to have a lot of it. it makes me wonder why we don't have more of it here. I think we've detached ourselves from the thought that this thing was once alive, even though... Um, we're not all vegetarians. The percentage of vegetarians is higher, though. Than, oh, here? Yeah, it oh, is. Oh, because at some point in our lives, we realize yeah. where the food comes from. Yeah, so I researched that Italy is still behind. Uh, I think Asia is, is far behind. I don't know about Japan, probably too. Oh, yeah, if you order something in Japan without meat, yeah, they, they'll bring you fish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not exactly meat. Yeah, the concept is... Isn't yeah, it may happen in Italy too. And they may yeah. say, oh my, that's fish. And obviously vegetarians won't be okay with that. So I think that that's why. And uh, also we're, let's face it, we're more rich. So we've uh, spent a few more generations in wealth. And by doing that, uh, we didn't have to eat those things. Mm-hmm. We, we left them there. You know, to feed animals, maybe. I or... see. Well, no, we process them, put them in wieners, and feed them to children. <laughs> okay, you can do that too. So I think this is what uh, what has happened. Um, I think you know we're more we're closer in time to those uh, generation where they had to eat uh, pretty much everything because there wasn't much else, and you had to you know make good use of everything. So I think you know my grandmother really grew up that way. So we we were fed some of the same food. But I don't cook it myself, and uh, I think if I had children, I wouldn't feed them that probably anymore. But yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I see. So and one thing that I uh, I thought it was interesting about Italians, uh, they all love uh, wine. Um, and wine is another flavor that is acquired. So wine, um, especially red wine, has this thing that is quite peculiar is the tannins. I think it's one of the reasons they make red wine a bit off-putting for those who are not used to drinking it. I right. don't know what you think of that. Yeah, well, 
I'm not really like I know what it means when uh, you say wine has tannins in it, but w- what exactly is it? Uh, I know the flavor. What is it? It's actually not a flavor. The tannins are a, a molecule get it, that is inside um, red wine or most red wine that actually binds with your saliva and it dries it. That sounds kind of gross. Yeah, it's, a, it's just thing how it functions. They're called tannins because they're using the tannin industry to harden the skin of animals they use for, <laughs> for production. Really? And we put it in wine, or I guess it, well, it's, it's naturally, naturally there. Yeah, okay. And um, it has the, this effect of binding things together and has the effect of drying our, our saliva out so that we get uh. the strange sensation of our tongue touching the inside of our mouth without lubrication. It's a tactile feeling. Totally tactile. Wow, that's fascinating. You can get that also from other things, like artichoke. I don't know if you experienced it. Okay. I, I don't think I've ever just had straight-up artichoke before. Yeah, maybe it's why you eat them with butter, too, to kind of oh, lubrify them. And <laughs> Otherwise, it, your mouth just... Yeah, it up. kind of sticks. Yeah, okay. And uh-huh. also, uh-huh. Um, some very um, strong tea would do that, too. You really? get that from uh, really uh, oh. black tea. Especially black tea. How about overcooked turkey? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's where I get the... You get astringency from it? Oh, well, I mean, you get to a point where I've chewed all I can chew and I just, I can't swallow. <laughs> That's when you have to get your mouth again. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, uh, one more thing. Um, um, dark chocolate will produce a similar effect um, of being kind of astringency and it feels like tannins. I'm not sure, though, the molecule is there. I think is the fact that chocolate very much doesn't go with water. So oh, it, I see. if you're having a mouthful of uh, especially dark chocolate, you will uh, coat yourself in that. And then you will stop. You coat the, t- the tongue in chocolate yeah, yeah, yeah. in a way. Uh, in a way, especially the, the, the back and yeah. the sides of your tongue yeah. where it touches your, your, the bottom of the mouth. I think that's what I experience is dryness caused by the fact that there's no more liquid in there. It's just chocolate. <laughs> That's crazy. I'll definitely have to pay attention to that next time I eat some chocolate. <laughs> so, you should do that. So, yeah, this concludes our series of episodes on uh, on flavor. It was an interesting journey. I, myself, uh, learned a lot uh, researching this and talking about, about it with you, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. I didn't actually research anything. So... <laughs> Thank no, you well, for teaching us, Bob. It was no. It, these are things that uh, uh, are very fascinating. Uh, we experience them every day, and thinking of it, it makes a lot of sense uh, that they work the way they work. That's why I think we all enjoy hearing and uh, talking about this. I would invite everyone that's been listening to this series on flavor to please put your comments, uh, share your experiences. Uh, what is your acquired taste? something that you still haven't acquired and you wonder how can people like that and uh, start a conversation on the website. It would be very interesting. I'm looking forward to that. I look forward to that too. Thanks everybody for listening. Till next time.